Welcome to the Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries Podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack. Welcome to today's episode of Legal Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news, as well as evolving methods of providing legal service. I'm Mary Vandenack. I will be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about legal and tax issues, trusts and estates, business succession and exit planning, legal technology, law practice management and leadership, and well-being. First, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Foster Group, Veterans Victory Housing and Business Centers, and Carson Private Client. Here's a message from Interactive Legal. Technology has become an essential part of our daily lives. However, not all fields have embraced technology. Lawyers, especially estate planning attorneys, need to stay up to date with specific laws and any issues affecting taxes and wealth preservation. Implementing an automated drafting system can help lawyers spend more time with their clients and less time doing back office tasks. Estate planners and law professionals turn to Interactive Legal as their main resource for the latest planning strategies. Interactive Legal provides the most comprehensive productivity system on the market with an easy-to-use document drafting system, extensive continuing education, thought-provoking discussion forums, and more. With Interactive Legal, attorneys get to spend more time with their clients. It's time to connect, collaborate, and create. To learn more about Interactive Legal, visit interactivelegal.com. Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business, resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, we provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth, giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions. Reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. On today's episode, my guest is Katty Gashazvi. And Katty, I'm just going to ask you to say it. it's a Persian name, correct? So I'm going to ask you, I've been practicing it, but I would just like you to pronounce it correctly. Sure. There's no D in my first name. It's Katty. It's like Kathy without the H, and it's Gashazvi. Thank you. And Katty is a securities lawyer, a branding expert, a coach, a consultant, speaker, and she's the founder of Purist Consulting. She works with law firms, lawyers, and organizations on mastering transition and changes, finding their authentic voice, power to influence and inspire, and also focuses on improving mental and physical wellness, diversity, and developing brands that get their message out effectively. I asked Caddy to participate in this episode to discuss branding for lawyers particularly, but personal branding as opposed to branding for a law firm. So I think a lot of times lawyers will think, 
hey, you know, this is our law firm brand and not spend enough time giving thought to their personal brand. So that's what I was wanting to focus a little bit on and a few of the related topics. You have a pretty significant and diverse background and a lot of experience, specifically with lawyers having started as one, right? So I want to thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Mary. It's a pleasure and an honor. So can you share a little bit more of your background? I gave a summary, but what would be most pertinent, do you think, in weaving those together that led you to the path that you're currently on? Sure. Well, it's part of what I teach, so I'll give you my abbreviated story. And I think that's really relevant because people need to know who you are as a human being before they hire you or listen to you, even in a 30-minute podcast about anything. So I'm an immigrant. We came to this country back in 1979 uh, with two suitcases thinking we were leaving Iran just for a couple of weeks because we had to leave because of the unrest being not of um, the Muslim Muslim religion. And we never went back. So I grew up in the Midwest and I had a great upbringing in Indiana, but it was hard, Like right? I, I didn't look like the other kids. I got beaten up a lot. I started first grade not knowing a word of English. And so I evolved from there. Transitions were always what I was working through. I put myself through undergrad and law school, and I wanted to become a lawyer to save the world. And I particularly wanted to practice securities law. And I had a fantastic career in Washington, D.C., mostly. I was um, I was at the state government at first in Indiana. Then I knew I wanted to go to D.C., so I became a federal lobbyist, and I got to see how that ugly sausage is made. And then I went to the Securities and Exchange Commission. I was there when Enron blew up. Bernie Madoff happened. In fact, somebody was asking me about Bernie Madoff today because people know I knew Bernie Madoff, which is not something I go around and toot my horn about a lot. But it was it was real. It was life. And from there, I went to a major law firm. And it was when I was at the firm, Mary, that people started asking me for advice. Lawyers would say, how'd you get ahead? How'd you get that great client? How'd the partner in charge let you do that? And I didn't have time. I would just take my fellow lawyers who I was coaching without knowing I was coaching out to lunch and give them tips. And um, it kind of just evolved from there. When I went in-house, that was my last legal job, um, working for somebody else. And it was there that it was a very toxic work environment. And I wouldn't have been able to resolve it anyway because I was an employee. Right now, I get hired in to go clean up those toxic cultures and rebuild the brand. But um, my doctor said, you know, Katie, this job is so stressful. Um, It's going to kill you. And I thought to myself, well, I'm a single lawyer. I don't, no one else pays my bills. And he said, I need you to quit. And I said, well, I can't quit. But long story short, Mary, I did quit. I didn't quit. I just really reinvented myself. And this was two years before the recession when things like that were not happening. I took a random community college course uh, with an ex-Harvard litigator who taught natural talent. And he had me really see. He actually pulled me aside at the end of class and he said, you must do this for others, for your fellow lawyers, for professionals. And I was so frustrated. I said, do what? And he said, you'll figure it out. So it started by being called personal branding. And at that time, the term wasn't so abused and misused. And I will explain it to you um, because that's part of what you're asking about. But then it just grew and evolved. And um, really, people it's about people being better people. And you can't really sell or run a business well, whether it's legal or not, without that aspect of it. So that's my personal story. And a lot of my clients call me a transition expert because it all everything I just talked to you all about is about transition and being able to pivot 
and declare your next path and be okay with it and message it and own it. So let's say that in general, somebody's on a path that they really like and that transition might not be from being a securities lawyer to doing something else, but might be just doing something differently within the career path so they're a lawyer. So say somebody like me, right? So I have a law firm. The law firm itself has a brand. A great example of a brand, of course, is always something like McDonald's where you see the big M. Do those right. actually exist anymore now that I think about it? Does McDonald's still live? But anyway, there's the really apparent company brand type of thing. And I think that I would be a person who would say that even at some point, I thought the only thing that really mattered was the firm brand. Being different from the firm culture, even though it's nice if it's connected, which you know I will ask you about a little bit because you can create a brand but not live up to it culturally, right? True. But so at one point, somebody said, well, Mary, you need to also think about your personal brand. And I'm like, why would I care about my personal brand? So I have two questions for you in that. Just plain and simple, what is a personal brand? Because, you know, I'm not exactly a dummy, but I didn't really know what that was. And secondly, why do I care? Very good question. So I define a personal brand, and I put this in the book that I wrote for the American Bar Association. Gosh, seems like so long ago. You've actually written two books on branding, I believe, right? Yeah. 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 The ones for the ABA, um, I wrote, I think I want to say 2013. Uh, and I use a three-part definition. Really, your personal brand is what are your unique and relevant attributes? What's unique and relevant? It's got to be relevant to your audience, okay? So what's unique about you and what's relevant? Then it's about how do you communicate those relevant and unique attributes to your audience? And the third part is what's the audience feedback? An audience can be anyone, you know, if you're listening to this, you can apply this to your personal dating life. You know, this is about the person. And so that's a three-part definition. Everything I work off of springs from, and it's about clarity and consistency. So amazing personal brands have the two C's, clarity and consistency. Clarity is, are you clear about who you are? Which goes into the first part of that definition. So what if they're not? Exactly. That's why people show up at my door because no one is clear. Maybe it's like a trick question. No one is clear on who they are and why is because we've had so many messages over the years from formalized education, formalized religion, from parents who were just doing the best they could, from siblings, from from industry, right? Lawyers should be this way. Lawyers should do this. Financial advisors should do this. If you're an accountant, you must be this way. That we no longer identify with our real identity. So if I want clarity about who I am, how do you help me with that? Yeah. So it's a process, right? It's first of all, you got to be brave enough to say, you know what, I'm going to unearth this. It's a process of unearthing these things. So we look at from the beginning, we start from the beginning. The first period of time is spent just with you unearthing you. So what are your natural talents? I've got proprietary assessments that ferret out your natural talents, really. And it's a dialogue. This isn't me saying this is it for you. This is about you really looking at it as a snapshot in time built upon who you were. And then intentionally, we set the path of where you want to go. So What are your natural talents? Then we give you a full personal brand assessment around 
Where are you showing up? What are others saying about you? How do you define yourself? What are your goals? We set a 12-month branding goal. And where do you literally visually fit into this? The visual is not to be discounted because it's a self-confidence aspect. And I can get into that when I talk about my research, my formal research on stress and self-confidence. But you've got to feel like you're owning this, but the outer billboard as well, because we're going to put you into public to display this brand, right? So after that, then it becomes strategy because I'm a business person, right? I run a business, I'm entrepreneurially minded, but I understand industry and culture. So then we take that personal brand that's also now including your story. I have everybody write their entire, what I have termed personal connection story. And we, from there, evaluate your taglines, your pitches, like, what is Mary going to say on this broadcast of her podcast that's going to really let people see who Mary is, right? And so all of these stepping stones are very important because you need a brand to answer your second part because there is no business brand. There is no law firm brand without the people's brand. So if you guys could see me, I'm holding up my left palm to designate that it's like the foundation for a house. Your personal brand is the foundation for a house. And now I'm going to put my right hand in the middle of my left palm. That's the house. The house is the business brand. The house cannot exist without a healthy, solid foundation of the personal brand. So when people come to me and go, just make us a firm brand, I can't do that. That doesn't exist. It doesn't mean anything. There's plenty of people that will do that. But what they're giving you is a website that they pull from thin air they're giving you some LinkedIn bio that they've just created because they create that for all their clients. And it may work. It's just not authentic. It doesn't endure. And it doesn't allow clients to have an easy time of transitioning. Like you said, I'm not trying to take you from being whatever lawyer you are. I'm just trying to help have you be able to iterate, iterate naturally and fluently based on who you are. So many lawyers come to me and go, I don't like who I am. I don't know who I am. I'm not comfortable practicing or I make $2 million in this practice as a managing partner, but I, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing anymore. I've lost my way or maybe I never found my way. So this isn't just about business. This is really about there's a healing cathartic process that happens from the story writing portion and a growth that happens for people that allows them to really emotionally resonate. And this is a term that I've... Um, so wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just ask you, so, cause there's like, you're packing tons of information. I know, we can only know. So I'm gonna refer people to your books for that, but I'm just gonna back up and try and do a couple of really simple questions to help you. Cause I understand a little bit about it, but I know some of my listeners don't. So that I'm going to just back off and say is like, okay, let's just say you know me fairly well. We've known each other for, I don't know how long, but a fair number of years at this point. Yep. And if you were to say to me like that, you know, what would be, what should my tagline on LinkedIn be? I don't know because we haven't taken you through the process. That's what I'm saying. Okay. We'll come up and say, but I, I, I can't tell you that because you got to discover that. That's what a coach says. So if you had to tell me conceptually how to figure that out. So I'm going to like get clear about who I am. Yeah, exactly. And it's a process. It could never evolve out of a short conversation, even with people you know. My sister has been through my programs 
to answer a question like that because I would never want to say that I know that better than you. You know that and the journey to get to that answer is the real sexy part, right? Well, and I'm going to ask something else on that because one of the other things is when we talk about personal brand and like you made a comment about, oh, you might have a personal brand for a dating website. That isn't necessarily going to be the how you're going to couch yourself on your business website. So there's getting clear about who you are overall as a person and then deciding which audience and which aspects of your brand are important to the particular audience? Very important question that I get a lot. But here's a subset of that question that you should ask first. Your personal brand never changes. You are who you are in the snapshot in time. You may evolve, which is our hope and our that you grow as a result of this process. Otherwise, you're stagnating. You're not doing your clients any good. You're not doing yourself any good. The goal in life is to grow and to transform, right? And to evolve as a human being. However, you are you. That will never change. So when we set out and we give you your branding tools, say they're your five adjectives or your core values get evolved from that or whatever we're working on, your story, you have a choice then. I want to show this aspect of myself and I'm showing parts of my palm right now to my audience because it's part of my dating life. And then I want to show this other aspect to my business life. But we're not bifurcating you. That's where people feel lost because we've been told, you know, when I was practicing at the firm, it was like, oh, no, you know, all women lawyers to be taken seriously have straight hair. Mary and I have curly hair, right? And and back then I used to spend all my time straightening my hair in the morning like an idiot, sweating it out instead of like sleeping or getting a workout in because that's what I thought. So that that was just one aspect of myself I was showing because I was told that that was the correct thing to do. But what we know now is you're allowed to be authentically you and not bifurcate yourself, but you get to choose this brand that we are developing for you, this personal brand, because it's the real you. Which part of it would you like to share with the relevant audience? That's why the definition started, Mary, with what are your unique and relevant attributes? Well, and I like the way you meant you mentioned early on that a personal brand gets thrown around the way I, I would say in what I do, like the term people say living trust, like the word living trust has some kind of meaning, which it has absolutely no meaning except for what's in the document and what type of trust is it? And kind of the same thing happens with personal brand. So I appreciate you taking the time to clarify that. Because again, even as somebody who's run a law firm for a long time, when it was suggested to me that I need to focus on my personal brand, I was like, what? We are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors. If you had a dollar for every financial advisor that just wanted your money, your financial future would already be secure. At Foster Group, our team is different. One whose focus is on you and your dreams. Together, we'll create a strategy that helps you get there, wherever there is for you. Foster Group, your financial life, truly cared for. Connect with us at fostergrp.com. Foster Group's written disclosure brochure, as set forth in Part 2A of Form ADV, discusses advisory services and fees, is available at www.fostergrp.com. Okay, let's continue our episode. But I want to hear a little bit about your research. You mentioned that you've done some research. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, 
So about, I guess it's now 12 years ago, I did formal research because, you know, I had a lot of theories, but I also knew I was left brain linear analytical, like all good lawyers. I had to prove my theories. So I went and I did research with a neuroscientist at UCLA. And here's what I found. And I'm happy to share with anyone who's listening the summary of my findings. There is a direct inverse correlation between stress and self-confidence. So as our stressors in our lives go up, our self-confidence, according to my research, drops proportionally. So stress is going up because you've got a million things going on. Pandemic was one version of it, but aging parents, children, traffic, whatever. As your stress is going up, your self-confidence drops. And why that's relevant is when that happens and your stress is high and your self-confidence is low, you're not emotionally resonating with your audience. So emotional resonance factor is a term that my intellectual property team has has put aside and coined for me because it's the process of you emanating and sharing your energetic brand with your audience. And there's only one emotion that sells anything, and that is happiness. At some level, are you showing up and elevating the mood of the audience member who's in front of you? And that could be your client, be a prospective client. So how that loops in with stress and self-confidence in my research is, as your stress goes down, which is a lot of the tools I put in people's toolboxes, their self-confidence will go up and they will emotionally resonate better with their audience. So they'll come to me and go, hey, this is working. You know, my, my somebody noticed me. I was inspiring. Like I, I had a new client show up yesterday. He's on the C-suite. Not uh, He is a lawyer, but he doesn't practice anymore. He's on the C-suite. And he came and he said, um, you know what? I need to be more inspirational. They just had me as chief whatever, whatever officer on top of my chief whatever, whatever officer job. And I know I need to be more inspirational and I need to show up and I need to be able to elevate the room. So he's working with me now for six months. And that is our goal to allow him to show up that way and elevate the room because that's his brand in action. But every time now I ask him, so tell me something about what, what we're going to be doing. He he reverts back to the team and the business. And I keep having to pull him out of that and go, this is not about the team and about business. This is about you, the person, and then we can make it about the team. So I'll share with you a story that, that I find interesting that I, I think is kind of along that lines. And that's in myself doing some coaching and talking about your concept of the more stressed out you are, the you know, less self-confidence you have. And not even that, your dark side starts to show up. And your shadow side. Your your shadow yep, your shadow side and your leadership skills go down. So it's like, I don't really care what you want today. Right. You know? Exactly. And so I was talking with a coach who I said, Well, I guess when I have those days, I should just not go into the office. And she said, no, actually, what you do need to learn is, one, you, you have the stress management skills, which you've talked a little bit about, but even if I can't manage the stress, I need to be able to learn how to show up as if I'm okay. And I think that's something that I've learned. I can't always do it. I'm going to tell you, I still get Fs at that. <laughs> There's definitely days that I get Fs at that. But it, it's something that in terms of a leadership skill, I've been taught and really been trying to practice that. But if you had to give one thing to lawyers, because- as you and I both know, lawyers have hit the level of, you know, dentists and physicians and in terms of suicide rates and rates of alcoholism and 
we've done a couple podcasts with some experts on on the well-being issues and i know you are very focused as well on well-being as well as diversity so if you were to say hey there's one thing you can do tomorrow so that you hate being a lawyer less and maybe can even find your way to loving it what would that one thing be that's a beautiful question so many things i could say it really would be just taking 10 minutes for yourself to stop and sit in stillness and just give yourself that gift of grace and time. Lawyers often tell me, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to do what you're telling me to do. So I don't take on people like that because there's always time. It's a matter of how we want to look at it. Some people even say time is an illusion. Give yourself 10 minutes of an illusion, if you will, just so you can get yourself together and really just feel the uncomfortableness of sitting still for 10 minutes and really not doing anything. Because the brand is about a way of being. People hire us not because we're smart. Initially, they hire us because we emanate, we emotionally resonate a way of being that that increases their vibe, makes them feel better. And if you are always running and you hate your life, you hate your job, you hate everything, um, you can't do that for other people. And they can't find you as a natural person that they would gravitate to for support, for inspiration. And they won't even look at you as credible. So that's the best thing you can do because, yes, all of this comes down to wellness for me, frankly. Uh, you know, the brand, I was chair of the ABA Law Practice Division, then I was chair of diversity, uh, and I wondered why they put me in charge of diversity, and then the diversity center at the ABA started having me do all sorts of things for them. I rebranded the Law Practice Division, and then I realized, oh my gosh, of course, when you have a personal brand, you know how unique you are, how special you are, how fantastic you are. Then you start to look outward at others, and you go, hey, you know what, I am, maybe I don't get you. Maybe I don't get that you have two heads and I have one, whatever, or you're purple and I'm blue, but I'm going to accept you because now I have a lot more grace around accepting who I am. Because I started off by sitting still for 10 minutes and getting in touch with who I am internally, the true identity of who I am, not the roles I have as a lawyer and as a mother and as a daughter and as a father and and as a litigator but truly tapping into myself once you do that diversity flourishes you know your brand you accept other people's brands and then the wellness within an organization improves because culture is improving because people are not just tolerant but accepting and inviting of differences and distinctions and we know that's how makes great firms happen, right? Great decisions don't come around when people that are all purple or blue and of the same age and wear the same suit show up and make a decision. Great decisions are made when there's diversity and each person says, hey, I have this brand and I'm proud of my brand and I'm going to now lend my brand to the firm brand. And all of that starts with that 10 minutes of sitting silence, Mary. And, and I would say, and I'm hearing you, and, and as you know, I, I teach mindfulness as well as yoga. And there will be a lot of people that say they cannot sit for 10 minutes in silence. Oh, and I yeah. hear you saying, okay, I don't want to work with them. But I would say is what I say to those is like, 
use 10 minutes to do something that is just for you. And maybe you can't do the sitting in silence. Well, I was going to ask you about the importance of being able to transition well as a lawyer, but I think you've actually, when you first brought up the word transition earlier in the podcast, I was like, I'm not really clear what that means because I was looking at it as like a career change, but it's not. It's transitioning from where you are. And I like the example of the diverse lawyer say that, you know, I have, I have a gal who is, has, you know, is handicapped in a wheelchair who works from home. And so instead of seeing her as a handicapped lawyer, it's like, I come to the table. I don't have to try and be like somebody else. I do have these limitations and this is how I function. This is who I am. And so I like that and whatever that might mean for her. But for anybody, instead of trying to be me, like act like I'm one of the boys and go out and drink beer, I can be authentically who I am, who is to prefer to go to the gym and drink some green juice, right? And yeah. that's you part of what you're saying. Is you hard to be that. You can't be anybody else. You're not a male unless you choose to change your gender. You don't like beer. You prefer yoga and green juice. Why would you show up inauthentic? Because it's a strain on you and it's a strain on other people. And as to me not wanting to work with those people that won't sit still, it's not a function of me not being willing. you got to meet people where they're at. And when people are not ready for something, you know, we're all on a continuum. I'm no better because I'm over here on the continuum versus somebody else who's four steps to the left of me. It's just different. And when people are open to growth and transformation at whatever level, and they want to aspire to more in their career and their life, then they will show up. And yes, you just have to show up as yourself because you can't be anybody else. You know that phrase, the funny one, everyone else has taken. It's really literally true when we step back and look at it, right? And so I want to ask you if you have any last thoughts. I usually like to ask that they be kind of couched in the terms of vision because it's the Legal Visionaries podcast. And one of my goals, as you know, is to see a lot more happier lawyers loving what they do. And that's kind of what this whole podcast has been about. But if you could offer in just like a brief, easy to digest, again, we asked this kind of before, but what could you really do in the next couple days of your life to have feel better about your brand? And I know you've said it's a process and I totally get that. So I'm asking a lot of you to try and give a short synopsis or just offer any last thought that makes sense to you. Perfectly fine request. The biggest thing I would say to people, and look, I am so not Pollyanna, even though I heard Pollyanna died a happy woman. The biggest thing I would say to people as a business person, we'll look at it from that vantage point, is do you get up in the morning and are you happy to go to work? And if not, then that's what we see. That's the brand we're seeing. And you're like, oh, well, great. Now what do I do? I get a lot of that when I teach CLEs. Well, I don't want you to do anything drastic. I just want you to make one small change in your life that will allow you to show up happier tomorrow. And that doesn't include necessarily alcohol or drugs or eating poorly. Um, Those are vices, really. They don't really truly leave you happy at the end of the day. But something you can do for yourself that will allow you to, to, to feel better about your life in general. And 
if that means you're going to take a day off, then the world won't end. But you have to take care of yourself before you can generate any business and you can be of value to anyone in your life. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate what you've shared. As we reach the end of our episode, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Veterans Victory, Foster Group, and Carson Private Client. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for our weekly releases. Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal legal needs or questions you may have. A Huda Media Production.